Welcome back to the Retronoma Pod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast from our past, present, and future. I am your host, Toby. And as always, across this universe of internet sphere, I think I said that wrong again. I, as always, have my co-host Rick with me. How's it going, brother? Good, man. Just the other half of this juggling duo, the amazing Retronomapod brothers. God, that fell apart quick. <laughs> yeah, we're still not good at this. We're, no. we're, we're like some episodes in, and... I think it adds character to our intro, and at the same time, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. We'll get there. Well, how you doing, man? We'll get there. Do anything fun this week? Good. Uh, I mean, we did. We watched a lot of uh, Mighty Ducks, but we'll get into that later. Ooh. And uh, that's kind of was the big to do this week. Yeah. How about yourself? Nothing. I worked all week. I mean, legitimately. When I clocked out Friday afternoon, I had 59 hours. And I'm sure there's Oof. people out there that works more than that. Okay. 60 hours in a work week is not fun. I don't care what you do. And ours is physical. And I was yeah. tired. I'm still tired. And we got to go back tomorrow. Ugh. Anyways, someone gift me like, I don't know, 18 grand. Just give me a chance. <laughs> hmm. Um. That being said, you want to hop into this world weird question of the week? Absolutely. Yeah, let's jump into it. Um, from the previous week, uh, weird question of the week. Uh, which Lord of the Rings character would you base your metal band off of? Um, coming off of, of course, last week, we found out that uh, there's a metal band that bases themselves solely off of Gimli, son of uh, Gloin. And, uh, you know, I listened to it, took all of, you know, uh, I think it was like, you know, eight minutes or something like that to, to listen to the whole album. It's super speed metal, yeah, death metal. It's it's kind of awesome. All the vocals are clips from the movie, so it's pretty great. It's pretty good. Like yeah. going back and listening to some of the other songs and stuff, considering that they're just using, you know, voice clips, it it's decent music. I mean it's fun. It's not getting scoffed at. <laughs> um yeah, exactly. So I have mine. I ha- I have I have mine. Uh, this was interesting because you made sure to put metal band. Yep. So there's a bunch of people that like, I'm kind of curious on what yours is. Cause I don't want to ruin yours, but like, I don't know if we discussed it when we kind of talked about Lord of the Rings, but there's a point in the first movie where Frodo meets the lady of the woods. And mm-hmm. like that part, that scene where she kind of goes like psychotic when he's offering her the ring. Like, that scared me as a kid. And, like, Lady in the Woods as a whole, I don't imagine being a good metal band, but her, like, psycho side, that that (laughs) might work. It'd be like OTEP or something where it's like a uh, uh, front-led band where, you know, she can sing, but she can also, like, and you're like, oh, that's hot, but it's kind of scary. I don't know. Yeah. Um. (laughs) But for me, for me, I am going to choose the King of the Dead or the King of the Mountain. Um, This would be the reason I choose this. Okay, is because, first of all, they're hardcore. I mean, these guys are are dead pirates and whatnot for the most part. 
and fled to the mountain. But there's a bunch of them. So what I imagine is like a real orchestral style metal band where like mm-hmm. hundreds of people are screaming while this dude's doing guar shit in the front, you know, in this super acoustic <laughs> amphitheater in the middle of the fucking mountains. So kind of your like Cradle of Filth, Dumu Borger, High yeah. Symphonic with the uh, blast beats going and shit. Yeah. And I imagine they're like, you know. Yeah, they're all in the back just fucking having at it. Uh, Plus, it would be like a cool stage show, you know? Like, you think the pyrotechnics and the fact that all these guys are like see-through plasma green, you know? And they're (laughs) all just headbanging in unison in the back while, like, the king of the mountain just comes out and he's... (laughs) You know, like, I just imagine that's an epic-ass show you know done in this mountain city of the dead that's my choice yeah that's that's what i'm gonna have to go with that's now uh, yeah that's pretty good that's not the same as the ring wraiths right no those guys are separate right no that is actually city of the dead um gotcha these are the people in the mountain or whatever you know gotcha but yeah they technically are in a city of the dead that's the name of the first album right there. Hey. City of the Dead. City of the Dead. <laughs> hey, you know, you could even put like a Nazgul or something in the front. Like this motherfucker just rises on it. I mean, it could just be Sauron screaming in the front with like this king of the mountain and his band of bitches, you know, just having at it. Lead, lo- rotating lead singer of that band where it'd be like oh watch out here comes saramon and then he does his stuff and then like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it works pretty good the entire cast uh, of mordor could be a metal band tr- truly like that's I mean, the Gwar whole thing is the rings orcs pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean they're aliens but that's a whole other subject we're not okay. gonna dive deep into gore tomato tomato bro i just pissed yeah, some people yeah. off i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no it's not dude it's totally this way so what about you what are you what are you taking here um, i'm going um boy this is such a weird one but like when i was thinking about it, i was like oh you go for one of the obvious guys like aragon or or something like that, like a pretty frontman guy. But I'm thinking Gollum because he's got that twisted, oh, like he, I two sides to the coin kind of thing, right? So you yes. can have it where at one point he's the super, yeah, I cannot do that, you know. And then on the other side, he's like, but we must help the hobbits. It, it would be like a system of a down scenario. And I imagine that the entire band is little people, you know. And then the guy <laughs> in the front can sing and scream. And it's like him exactly. on either side of a mirror, depending, you know? I thought yeah, about yeah. Gollum, too, because then you have Gollum and Schmeagol. You know, Schmeagol would yeah. be your singer. Gollum would be your screamer, 100%. Yeah. Imagine the show that that little thing could put on with the weird movements that he crawls like a spider and shit. He could do backflips yeah. off of the amplifiers. He would have to be wearing one of those, like, uh, theater headphone mics that are on his face, so he has freedom of his hands and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? he's he's definitely moving around quite a bit. Yeah. Hmm. But you know. What's the name? And, and that uh of the My band? Precious. Yeah. My Precious. My Precious. No, Precious. Yeah. Precious. My Precious is Precious. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, there, there could actually be a lot of things that came out of the Lord of the Rings genre. I know it's like it, it's so metal to begin with. I mean, it's already inspired countless of bands out there, ranging from you know straight up rock and roll like Led Zeppelin to you know your kind of power metal stuff like Blind Guardian and stuff. So it's super like you've already influenced the sphere of it, and I know pop culture or you know pop music has influences in it as well so it's yeah it's lord of the rings yeah it, it it just could be so fucking epic they don't even realize like how dope it could actually be and any any genre you could choose you could do a metal album of every movie and it would still be so good holy fuck fellowship that would, would be, be like a real calm choir type movie and then the like all the doom, 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 would yeah. start up in the Two Towers album, and then by the Return start- of the King, it's just fucking all aboard the murder train. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get the Urukai in there and stuff, and like it would be insane. Like you almost have to have one perspective to follow it through all three, because then you could do like. Yeah, we're going to do three different albums for it on the perspective of Orc number 12 and his birth into this world and what he has to do to survive in the tumultuous lands that are, you know. <laughs> he's just... pilling potatoes and shit like he's not actually <laughs> doing anything worthwhile. <laughs> it's not great, but it's a living. They call me Skin Gorger. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be cool. That'd be cool. I Lord of the Rings metal band. King of the Mountains oh, and My Precious. Perfect My bands. Precious. That's right. City of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, dude. It would be epic as fuck. Um, I do have a little bit of Lord of the Rings because I started playing something a little this weekend. And I didn't stream at all this week. I was wow. so beat down. By the yeah. time I finally <laughs> made it to my computer, like Saturday morning, I just didn't want to do anything. But I did download uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War. Had you played mm-hmm. that one yet? Oh yeah, dude, we beat that the game shit out of that hard. game. Yeah, like, I'm only like, so I chose the first guy, Talon or whatever. He's like your Aragorn character or whatever. And uh, yeah. it, it's like uh, we've talked about this before, and I know it's sad, but I've never played an Assassin's Creed game all the way through. But that game feels like what I imagine Assassin's Creed feels like with more hack and slash. Like, the movement, the parkour and stuff. But then you can get into, like, some... Like, I fucked up, like, 11 orcs at one point and then died by two of them later on. Yeah. Like, the fights are so... Yeah. They're they're so nutty. And, like, as you upgrade stuff, you know, being able to parry twice and you get your little wraith dude pops out and blocks one mm-hmm. and you're stabbing dudes in the, you know, in the throat. It, it's such an... Like, even the story's got me real interested. Yeah. Um... And then there's three parts of that story, which is kind of nuts. So I'll be playing through some of that for the rest of the week. But I had to, I had to kind of give a shout out to it because I'm a big fan of the Lord of the Rings games in general. And I've been kind of want, wanting to play like a single player, you know, narrative, but in a high fantasy. And I'm really waiting for Boulder's Gate to come out. Um, yeah. But I have to say that that game was fucking awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, they're solid. They're solid. The, the the way you level up in it and you unlock all these cool like abilities with you know using the the elven guy who shares your basically shares your body 
is such an interesting take and he's the guy who made the one ring yeah and there's all this kind of crazy backstory to it and gosh it's it's, it's cool yeah. like like you said so you for those of you guys that have never played what he's talking about is the original elf that made the one ring it becomes a wraith gets caught and you save him and he intertwines with you so you and the wraith are one and you can do like wraith walking abilities and stuff um one of the coolest things I like about this game and one of the reasons that it's like tough to continue on with the story is the way that they build the nemesis system and the way that mm-hmm. you like can hunt down orc captains and each one of them have different, you know, um, attri- attributes, you know, or whatever, like yeah. they're immune to fire or they are super high level or they're good with animals. And what's crazy. Or, yeah. yeah, they'll hunt you down. And they adapt during battle. Mm. If you do something one too many times, they're like, oh, hell no. Like, we ain't doing this right now. And you end up doing this little, these crazy battles with all these damn orcs. And I just like, half of me is like running around choking the little guys where I'm just like, show me your secrets. And they show me their secrets. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill that motherfucker. You know? And then halfway there, you get distracted with another one. And it's just like all yep. I'm doing is running around just murdering things. I'm not even completing yeah. the story. Yeah. In any given hour. But it does it does work because for you to take over uh certain cities and stuff, you have to kind of it's easier to take over a place if you've got these army of orcs behind you that you've commanded to be follow you. So it's a really cool system that like it's not like you're doing it just to be like, I'm gonna explode another head. No, you're doing it so that way you're building this small army that when you do try to take over, you know, whatever city you're trying to take over, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So you, it is, it does kind of feel time wasty, but once you face that big boss, you're like, Oh, thank goodness that I have these guys behind. So I'll be playing a little bit more of that through the week. Um, Again, that's middle earth shadow of war. And what's cool is, and the reason I'm playing it now is because I subscribe to game pass on the PC Mm. and for 10 bucks a month, it's great value. Um, that game's on there. It also did cause me to go over my Xfinity data usage, which why I have a cap on my internet. I have no idea. It's weird. It's just yeah. a way for them to get more money. Fucking assholes. That's how they do it. Yeah. Cocksuckers, dude. Son of a god. You got some uh, thr- Toby Thrift Store stuff, right? Uh, sort of. Yeah. So I, this, this will actually be quick. And, and as a collector, especially now, it's been a lot harder to just get not only just good stuff, but stuff at like a decent price. Cause now for some reason, everyone's deciding to look up what they think their stuff's worth. Um, but I still plant my seeds constantly. I still put it in people's heads like, Hey, I'm a collector. You know, if you ever want to get rid of anything, at least give me a chance, make an offer or I take donations. Of course. Um, and this past week, it worked out for me. Uh, a buddy of ours, actually, one of the guys that we work with is going to the military. And uh, this oh. past week, he put in his notice and pretty much quit on the spot. Wait. Ooh. Ooh. Luke. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Luke's last day was Friday. Oh, that's. I couldn't um, one. Never mind. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, Wednesday, I put it in his head. I was like, yo. You know, I know you're going to be going to basic and everything. Like, if you got any video games that you just plan on leaving at the house or throwing away, I said, let me know, man. 
like I'll take them from you. And he's like, oh, he's like, all I've got's like an Xbox 360. And I was like, bro, like I said, video games, you know. So Friday morning, he comes and grabs me and he brings it in. So he gives me a uh, a black uh, Xbox 360 Ooh. S, um, and then like. I don't know, like seven or eight games. Um, half of them I didn't have. Got to throw those into the collection. Hey. And it actually worked out in my favor because back in my 360 days, I had a four gig 360 and ended up selling it and buying a 250 gig like elite off of some dude on Facebook. But I still have my four gig box um, and then a 250 mm. gig system. So this gift is a four gig Xbox that actually completes my 360 box that i have in my collection right now so it was like a double positive nice. um and i even threw it out there i was like yo man like you got cash app like i'll throw you some money he's like nah dude he's like that's all yours so he just hooked me up two controllers to 360 and some games perfect and that's why you plant the seed you well, never know who's gonna get wild. rid of what you know for sure worked out in my that's... favor and i think i'm yeah trying to start building my 360 stuff um we're having a real mid collection crisis i've got i got so much stuff i want right now i want i want guns i want more in 64 stuff i want more 360 stuff and i got all this nes stuff that i'm not touching and i tried to buy two different nes lots on facebook this morning and i don't even want my mm. nes stuff half the time <laughs> dang. dang that's yeah yeah but i got i got a new 360 so i think that gives me like three i think i have three nice yeah we're getting there that is excellent what you reading oh do you want me to get into some news oh yeah let's have at it <laughs> okay let's do it <laughs> so, i was, I was like what's he doing <laughs> i got caught peeking uh so yeah some interesting news came out that they um you know one of my favorite movies of all time uh is uh Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, um, the Gene Wilder version. Yeah, um, of course. And it looks I, like we would have fought otherwise. I mean, I really I enjoy the new ones. Like it was fun. I won't take anything away from them, but the OGs it for me. So, but anyway, they're doing a prequel to said movie, which seems kind of interesting, but kind of not. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because. If it's anything like they what they did with uh, uh, Johnny Depp's version, where they kind of showed a bit of the backstory, if they're kind of going that route, I'm like, maybe we don't need a whole movie about you know, Willy Wonka becoming the chocolatier that we all know and love, you know? I imagine that that movie would be, like, really dark, too, because, like, wasn't Willie's dad a dentist, and it's, like, one of the reasons that he got into candy? Like, he didn't have a great childhood. Yeah, basically, it, it was like... He, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's that you know, if you're a, a son of a dentist, you know, he's not going to want you to eat candy because he knows what candy does and blah blah blah. So that's why he becomes this crazy chocolatier. But then, I don't know. It's it, it could be interesting because we find out, you know, oh, the Oompa Loompas and 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 the Illegal. magic that kind of goes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> that being said, like we get to find out how why he becomes so. Um, eccentric and and 
you know, how he kind of infuses magic and all this other weird stuff into it and how he becomes so polarizing to kids and doesn't mind if they come in and win a contest and he'll just watch them die and not think twice about it. Yeah. Except the parents are looking at him like, hey, my kid's turned in, been pulled by some taffy pullers and such. But I don't know. It's interesting. I don't it know. Is, yeah. I'm kind of curious on what they're actually going to do with the story. Um, the reason that we bring this up today is because you have put a list of potential young Willy Wonka and Wonk, Willy Wonkas. Yeah, young, it, young Willy up and comers, kids that have been around for a little bit who've done some movies. Uh, the first, I mean, there's one that wasn't added to this list that I was thinking of, and that would be Tom Holland, who plays Spider Man in the new yeah. Spider Man movies. I mean, that kid can do no wrong in my book just because he's knocked it out of the park with Spider-Man and the other stuff he's been in. He's been great, too. So it's kind of one of those like the kid can do no wrong. But yeah, uh, that being said, one of the top picks out there is Timothy Chalamet. I didn't know this um, guy. Yeah, he's kind of an independent guy. He was in um, uh, Call Me By Your Name. And I believe he was in. Uh, is it Booksmart? I think that's what it's called. I have but, no idea. He's just kind of an independent cat. He was in uh, Little Women as well, the new, the newer one. Um, he's on the top of everybody's list. Uh, another one is Ben Wishaw. Uh, he played Q in the Daniel Craig's uh, 007 films. Again, yeah, kind of. It's an, been so long since I've seen any of those. Yeah, and he's also the voice of Paddington. So I never watched. You that know, either. man, know. you got to check those movies out. They're so lovely. Uh, could be. I mean, all these people on here are really good uh, picks. Ace uh, Butterfield. Butterfield. This dude um, looks like been, uh, Elijah Wood, right? This kid looks like Elijah Wood. Totally. Like, so not a bad pick. He's you know he's got the look. I don't know what the look of Willy Wonka technically would be because the two versions that we have they're both wildly different. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like up to interpretation. But you know that or uh, now this who is it? De- oh, go ahead. Uh, De- Dev Patel, yeah, who's yeah, he's, this guy's uh, almost a little too old for a young Willy Wonka. And I look, he's an Indian guy. They clean up very well and have some of the most beautiful skin in the world. So I definitely do think that he could play a younger person. That being said, not who I picture Willy Wonka to look like as a young man. But yeah. this last one on the list really intrigues Ooh. me. This um, one, Fre- Freddie Highmore, who was actually in the Charlie, yeah, like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Johnny Depp, he was in that one. So it's like that would be kind of cool, full yeah. circle kind of shit. Full circle. Um, plus, this guy as an actor is actually insanely oh, brilliant, and I'm not a big fan of the show, mostly because I hate the mom, but he plays Norman Bates in Bates Motel, and. There's something sinister about a Willy Wonka, and there's something sinister about this guy. Uh, he definitely has a face for mischievous murder. Um, yeah. And I think would fit a perfect... Plus, he's a very good actor. Like, I mean, in anything I've ever seen him in, he's been nothing but a pleasure to watch. Yeah. And there's just something it- about his face and his demeanor, especially knowing that he was Norman Bates that yeah yeah is creepy and just perfect for that role it does 
it does work. There's kind of a weird, like, like Loki s kind of like mischievous, like something more is going on outwardly. He's showing this that might be a little more sinister. Who knows? But Freddie Highmore, that guy would be. Uh, plus, just the full circleness of it would be so cool to see. Yeah. You know, Charlie grow up to be Willy Wonka in a weird way, uh, although they wouldn't be connected, I'm sure. But it would just be, God, it'd be so cool. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> if we were going to have to choose anyone off of this list, um, Tom Holland, I think, can do no wrong. But I think he's almost too boyish and innocent for a role like that. Because for some reason, to me, even the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka had some sort of aura about him that at any time he may just flip like he might just go off the deep end and start murdering oompas in his factory you know and there's something about the the high more pick that reminds that gives me that vibe that i think would be um it would be epic to actually see that kind of come to play and like you said it'd be a full circle turnaround and being young and old and both versions of a Willy Wonka story <laughs> that'd be tight yeah yeah because there was moments in in you know Willy Wonka chocolate factory of the 70s where there were moments where he was clearly kind of like pushed the boat right steps and he steps over just a little bit where you're like oh, oh or he says a little comment in a way that you're like oh yeah and yeah uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Like Freddie Highmore and the Bates Motel and uh, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But that's the choice. Yeah. As as information comes out, we'll definitely cover it because being a huge fan of those movies. Yes. A hundred times. Yes. I am good with that. Yeah. But as where uh, well, I got no good segue for this one. So I'm just going to come out with it. Oklahoma lawmaker proposes a bill that calls for creation of a Bigfoot hunting season. (laughs) (laughs) Representative Justin Humphrey introduced the bill to the Oklahoma legislature earlier this month. The bill reads that the hunting season would be regulated by the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission, which would set annual dates along with specific hunting licenses and fees. This is cool. Um, right so i'm sure there's going to be a lot of backlash on this and i'm going to give you my personal opinion on the entire situation do it do i think bigfoot's real currently right now walking around i can you know what that's not a way to start it bigfoot (laughs) used to be real there was a real bigfoot at some point okay do i think that we're just missing a bigfoot maybe um there's a lot of places in this world that that something like that could hide and it was a real thing 10,000 years ago. You know, we had Gigantopithecus, which was a Bigfoot, for lack of better terms. What this does, and the reason I like this, especially as an avid outdoorsman, is it allows the state to gain more money for no reason. After all yeah. these years, do you think just because they open a hunting season, that one is just going to turn up dead with a 12-gauge slug in its chest? No. Okay. But what it'll do is even if it only gets a couple hundred people buying licenses, it's just an added revenue stream for the state and their department of wildlife, which comes with no downsides. Um, The one thing that is weird is they would have to make the season 
different from any other big game seasons because what you don't want is a lot of inexperienced hunters with rifles out in the woods during deer season when anything that walks yeah. past could be Bigfoot. Cause I'm six foot almost <laughs> I'm six two, you know, and it's like I'd be hunting for deer. Like I could be mistaken. You know, they don't see my hunter's orange or something and they just light me up because Bigfoot, you know? And so it'd be it'd be one of those weird things. But do I think this is a bad idea? No. I think this was very smart of the state to gain a little extra money in their in their Department of Wildlife stream. It I mean, my first shock was that it was Oklahoma, because that's not really the first place I think of when I think of like foresty area, but I don't know uh geography that well. I always think like up north a little bit like washington oregon yeah. is where you'd find like a big foot i heard oklahoma is actually kind of a hot spot really yeah that's and i've wild. only heard this recently that just yeah but i'm like you know what like you're saying like what does it hurt and and the fact that he put up a bounty saying that if somebody does like come up and they want it alive they don't want it they don't want it dead they want it caught alive somehow i've seen i've seen the the jacks links commercials that's gonna mess somebody up <laughs> yeah dude he's gonna hit you with the tree trunk <laughs> exactly you try running away in your jeep he's just gonna pull the bumpers right off um but uh, twenty five thousand dollars if you can bring in the evidence of bigfoot like that's kind of fun too like you know i just hope it doesn't turn out with somebody getting murdered in the woods oh, by boy. mistake or some dumbass dressing up in a bigfoot suit you know running around hoping to get tranked yeah, no, it's like I a mean, goddamn Scooby Doo episode. They are working on a Jackass Four film, so Ooh, that'd be so perfect. Johnny Knoxville Va- might be getting shot here in the next month or two. <laughs> and he's like fifty, man. Like this dude's got to yeah, watch too it. Old Send, to be doing you know. this shit. Like, come on, Bam, get out of there. Yeah, Bam, shit, Bam could use a sweatsuit and a good run in the woods. You Ooh, seen that, that man lately? Guy. He looks like he he's went through Willy really Wonka's like his- chocolate factory one too many times. He's just he's just, <laughs> he's just looking like Phil, his dad. That's all. He's yeah, just, that's true. He does look just, just like genetically. His dad. He's not built to stay skinny his whole life, unfortunately. But uh, that being said, yeah, I think it's a good idea. They should bring that to all like major hunting places. Bring one to Colorado. I'll buy a license and just so I could have that on the back of my window that says you're cool to hunt, even though I'm not really a hunter. So it's like. Why not? Yeah. Especially if it helps the parks and, and everything else. Why not? What does it hurt? Yeah. It's just, like I said, more revenue. And the more revenue we can get for our Department of Wildlife and our conservation funds, the better off we're all going to be. The last thing we want is our public lands to get ripped out from underneath us because then there's no Bigfoot hunting grounds at all. Yeah. yeah. Support your them. local Department of Wildlife's. Buy a license, even if you don't plan on hunting a Bigfoot. It's something cool that you could put up in a frame. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, though. That's what our world's coming to. This is politics now. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy times we live in. But from one one uh, representative to another, Senator Patrick Leahy, who is the currently he is the third man in line for the presidency. So like, you know, vice president, president, vice president, speaker of the House. Then this guy who uh, uh, basically. Uh, the reason why I bring it up is basically he's a huge Christopher Nolan or not Christopher Nolan, a huge Batman fan. Okay. He's been in five Batman movies. Really? Five. And is he a a Senator? He's, he's a, he's a Senator. 
Um, uh, let's see if I can but, find it real Oklahoma, quick. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. Vermont. Senator Vermont okay. has been first elected back in 1975. So this dude's been in in it forever. Him and Bernie been <laughs> holding hands. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but let's see. He first appeared in Batman Forever, uh, which was uh, Val Kilmer's Batman. Okay. Um, and then he was he did a a voice in the Batman animated series. Okay. Uh, he, you know that scene uh where the Joker in the Dark Knight busts in. There's a big party's happening at Bruce Wayne's place, and he's holding the potato peeler. Yeah. And he goes to that guy, and he's holding him. He goes, "You want to know how I got these scars?" That guy he's holding is Patrick Leahy. No shit. Yeah. So this dude, like, it's just, it's a goofy story. He was in Batman and Robin, which, you know, might not be a credit that he wants to throw out there, but he was (laughs) in it. (laughs) I mean, he's also a senator, like, to have that kind of uh, resume for movies as you're building laws and stuff for his state is pretty badass, especially just as a fan. Yeah. That's cool. Like how do i mean i'm a fan can you i'll do a bit <laughs> part i'll be i'll be guy knocked pushed slightly out of the way by bruce wayne as he's heading to his car you know like i don't care i just <laughs> right anything it's just cool that we've got like a, a a lawmaker that's in there who supports you know like bruce bruce uh batman and bruce wayne and all that but yeah funny yeah that's stories. pretty badass <laughs> Uh, moving on, moving from one vigilante to another, uh, the Punisher looks like he's going to be returning to the MCU, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, in a reboot, and John Berthal is going to reprise his role, which is excellent. I don't know um, if you ever watched the uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. series. He seriously is like the choice. Like Ray Winston was fine, and uh, uh, the other guy can't remember his name for uh, it'll come back to me but the first punisher he definitely is the guy who like fits the bill wholeheartedly like he plays it straight he plays it psychologically he is the punisher at this point so it's really nice to see that he gets to reprise his role from the netflix series to go into and become part of the bigger mcu i don't know what that represents yeah because they canceled the netflix one right more or less they just stopped making them because they just let the rights revert back to disney oh okay is all so i think disney owns them now but maybe netflix i don't know how that whole stuff works that this guy is an actor i mean you're right i i've never seen the show but like i know him from walking dead and a bunch of other stuff but walking dead is the most recent thing that i've seen him in um but he does have that demeanor of like that kind of heartless badass that's just out for fucking shit up just vengeance like that's his whole game is is just being you know all these mafiosos took out my my wife and kids well i'm gonna get revenge and i'm gonna keep taking revenge to the point where that's what his life is is just trying to stop evil before it can hurt somebody else who's innocent so makes sense and great cast like that's 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 a great cast. Yeah, it's it's right on, right on. I'm kind of curious on how they're going to intertwine that within the MCU. Like, do you throw that with like a, you know, a Deadpool or 
something like that because you're not going to find the Punisher really in like an Avengers movie, would you? I mean, that's the thing. Like, you couldn't do it to the extreme that you need to with Punisher. Like, Punisher and Deadpool, those are guys who are just R-rated guys. Yeah. So who knows what that means? Maybe he gets his own spinoff movie, or I don't even know if they would do a Disney Plus film because, I mean, the Mandalorian's still only PG-13, so I don't yeah. know if they would want to be putting content that is that are where kids could possibly access. That's one it. that like Disney would be like, Hey, Netflix, do you want this back for a little bit? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> it's rated R just... and we need to, we need somewhere to stream it. Not next to Moana. Yeah. yeah. Or they just have to do something with like Fox searchlight. Cause I heard that, um, Disney is planning to use the searchlight brand to kind of release more adult movies. So that way they're not, it won't have the Disney banner on it, but it is a Disney film. It'll just be under a searchlight instead. So they might do something like that, but who knows? Either who way, knows? it's really rad. I could do a new Punisher movie. I mean, the old ones weren't yeah. that bad. It, it Cool concept. I mean, this guy's just angry. Just like I said, fucking shit up. So he's just super talented at what he does. And what he does is basically hurt people and, and take a lot of punishment himself where it's like, you're called the punisher. Cause you keep getting the shit kicked out of you. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> that's it. He's the Sean bean of the Marvel cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> basically like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, here's, here's something that's pretty crazy. Right? So Tesla's the electric car, you know, that was developed by uh, Elon Musk. Evidently, you can play Witcher 3 on their screens. <laughs> um, This does not surprise me because you were able to do like Cuphead um, and like Asteroids and a couple other like they had been adding games into Tesla's interface for a little bit now. But a game like well, The Witcher is kind of nuts. Um, yeah. It makes a little sense because they have gotten the Witcher to run on the Switch. And I imagine that the Switch and the Tesla are pretty close to being as powerful as each other. You know, I don't think the Tesla's rocking PS4, Xbox One beef. But if the Switch can run the Witcher, I imagine that that Tesla could as well. I mean, the fucking thing self-drives itself. More or less, right? Like... I don't know. I saw this meme floating around earlier today where it was like um, Tesla drivers are able to play uh, Cyberpunk 2077 in their cars, yet PlayStation 4 and Xbox One players can't. Just silly That's stuff. crazy. I mean, Where they gave refunds to everyone for that Cyberpunk stuff because it was virtually unplayable on the old gen consoles. Yeah. That game. But I, don't know, I thought that was wild. I had no idea that tesla's had a gaming arcade type thing inside their cars and it's like so people at a stoplight in a tesla there's a good chance that they just turned on their thing and playing some like asteroids or you know just that you're like okay i got uh, maybe a minute let me see if i can pass this boss oh yeah green light (laughs) yeah i the witcher i don't know what you do like is that where you drive with your knee and you're playing the witcher from like san francisco to vegas you know like (laughs) Talk about a road trip. I just, I get car sick anyway. Like, I get motion sickness anyway. So it's like, get that shit on my face. You know, I can't play Game Boy in the car. I wish I could. I wish I could read in the car. I can't look at my phone. I gotta, like, pay attention or sleep. Those are my two it's options. The driver the whole time, then. Um. Yeah, I like to drive. I'm a driver. I, I mean, it's what I do professionally. It's what I enjoy doing. I 
I drive. So being car sick sucks. I don't I don't wish it on well, maybe on my worst enemy, but on just yeah. normal enemies, like nah, I don't want them to get car sick. That sucks. <laughs> that's gonna be like that's crazy though. Because I mean eventually Elon's just gonna come out and be like, We put PS fives and Tesla Model X's. Have fun. You know? I mean I mean, that's kind of where they're at with it, right? Like, putting those kind of things in it. It's like, what do you do on your lunch break? You always go out to your car. Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to beat freaking Witcher 3. And it looks good while doing it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's cool. More power to those people who are dropping that kind of money for a car that, you know. I mean, they already have 17-inch screens in the goddamn thing. So, you know, it's a rocket ship. The future is now. I guess. I'm still trying to get a VR system. Like I said, me and my computer are having problems. I'm just debating, like, <laughs> do I just sell this one and build me a new one? But it's really hard right now because PC parts are, like, hard to come by and expensive. Sure. And I just built this one, like, a year and a half ago. And Gosh. my other half would not be super stoked if I was just like, ah, fuck it, run it back. <laughs> I want a new one. <laughs> Try this again. Oh, God. Well, as everybody knows, being the lovely fat kids that we are, every once in a while, some food items pop up that are so intriguing, so tantalizing that we have to talk about it. Tantalizing. Well, cons- considering Valentine's Day is right around the corner, Kraft Mac and Cheese decides <sighs> to launch a pink mac and cheese that tastes like mac and cheese. No, candy. <laughs> I just... It's just why didn't they just make it pink? Like, why did you have to make it taste like candy? It's wild, right? It just it doesn't make sense. It's just ugh, ugh. just this sentence alone. The box of original mac and cheese will be joined by a packet of pink candy flavored powder to mix into one's cheesy dinner. Oh no. no. <laughs> that just those that oh, sentence no. should should not be together. That is gross. Uh, wow. It's going to make the noodles a bright magenta color. And it's... according to Kraft Heinz spokesperson, the vibrant pink hue comes from the beetroot and carrot concentrates. That's that's fine. Like the color isn't what freaks me out. It's the candy. Especially it's if candy. it's going to be like a, it's a cheesy candy. Like that just seems a little I just mind trickery. Why didn't like, you just make pasta hearts and give me pink cheese pink yeah. just put food yeah. coloring in it cold stop there you go i don't the understand taste. why you have to change the taste change the taste apparently they got a decent apparently they got decent reviews on the pumpkin spice mac and cheese that they made this past year bullshit i just don't <laughs> I didn't, see it i didn't even see that in stores let alone try it like, if I would have saw it, yeah, I would have been like, all right, let's try this shit. Of course we are. That's going to be the new segment, is us trying food. Truly. Um, But I just do not... Because, look, it's not a dessert. They're not advertising it as a dessert. But they're advertising it as a candy-flavored mac and cheese. So when do you eat this? Can I put hot dogs in it? Because I don't imagine, like, hot dogs and those Valentine chalky hearts taste good yeah. together. Like, I just don't... Like, what does it what taste would- like? Candy is not enough. It's too vague. What does it taste like? It's like, 
like here's all it knows it's like extra packet of the powder contains fructose natural flavors and vanilla extract like that's the only vanilla that's the closest vanilla. to any flavor that they put in this thing which is like okay vanilla is fine it but just... that doesn't automatically tell me candy so it's do you like, still put milk in it uh, like is it still made with milk oh man i don't like this i don't like this this it's... one's not good for me i'm I'm out on the pink mac and cheese. That being said, if one of us can find it, we'll both try it. Um, That's right. <laughs> but I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, go out on a limb and say that this is going to be nasty. And I'm not I'm not going to be a big fan. Ugh. I really Why? Try Why? It. Why? Because curiosity killed the cat and probably, you know, my gut as well. So I'm going to, I just submitted my stuff. So that way, hopefully I can get a free box of it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yes. Yes. Bring it to work. We'll cut it into two Tupperwares and you all eat it on a Facebook live while we're sitting in our lunch break room. No, no, it tastes. No. No, they're like, hey, instead of milk, you should mix Mountain Dew as the the moisture in this. It, it might, that right. would almost make it better, in my opinion. Like, I don't want to make I, I hate making mac and cheese with water. I think it's so gross. Um, yeah. Even though I still eat it, it's fine, like taste wise. But it's just like, come on. If I, it's cheesy, I want I want it to have milk. Fuck up my tummy. It, come need, on. it needs to be cheesy. Like, that's yeah. kind of the, you know, like that gooey consistency. Yeah, but like your hot dog thing, like putting hot dogs and mac and cheese. What is the substitute for a candy mac and cheese? What are you going to put mac in there? Mac and cheese and Snickers. Yeah, right. Like mac and cheese and a slice of cake. Like what are you putting yeah. in it? <laughs> you change the mac and cheese to Vienna sausages, or the hot dogs yeah. to Vienna sausage. I don't know, dude. Yeah. It, I'm, like I'm not. I'm not hype on this one. <sighs> it does not sound good. Weird enough to share, though. That that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, it, it's just, and I got like, I'm good with food. I'll try random food or whatever, and don't get me wrong, I'll try it if it comes around. But I'm not gonna like it. I'm not gonna like it. Not gross. Like it. <laughs> gross. Ugh. Get me away from this. Steer the ship. Okay. Well. Bye. Sometimes I listen to a lot of um, live play D&D podcasts and half the fun of them is building your own world and thinking about campaigns that you eventually want to run down the line with friends or family or whoever you can swindle into listening to you longer than five minutes. Um, and so sometimes I just come with, with bullshit characters and usually sometimes it'll start with like a name or like a concept. Like one I want to bring up today is this, uh, this kind of young I haven't decided his race, maybe elf or, I mean, it could be human, but like his name is Nash gotcha. Okay. And, basically, <laughs> and basically he, he's a chronicler of creatures and monsters. Like that's his goal in life. He, so this basically came off of what would it be like to play Ash Ketchum, but as a D and D guy. Okay. So I was, that's why, you know, the name Nash Nash gotcha is kind of a playoff that, but that's, so the idea is like, I don't know. I haven't gotten further than like the concept of it, of whether he would use animals to, you know, fight for him, which you could do that through like the warlock path and stuff using familiars and stuff. Or if he would just be like a ranger who just likes to chronicle, Oh, we just fought a beholder. Let See, me write this down. This is actually kind of a really good idea. This is like, 
this is low key brilliant because you could you could do this as a solo campaign with one other player and every encounter they get to this would be a two player campaign and every encounter they get to they would battle and you would get this guy down to what you think is a certain health and then you would roll to throw your ball to catch this creature you know and every time you caught one but then if you missed like say you rolled say the creature took a 15 or higher on a roll to catch and you're you roll a three it's like this thing shakes and it dips like you might not ever get to catch that creature again you know and every time you're just like walking through the woods or talking to people and then like it it, it this would work this would work i may have to mm, we may have to sit down bro i just I just imagine like a kid amongst the group of like hardened adventurers, like who have dark backstories. Who's like, I was, my mother was killed and I had to, uh, but, you know, and then you got this kid who's like, hi, oh, let's go do this. And super like enthusiastic and energetic and just happy to be in the world. And he's way too young to be out on his own, but maybe there's some tragedy behind there or maybe there's not. Maybe it's super like his family was supportive of his dreams. He wasn't doing well in school, but he was super attentive about, you know, animal biology and he's really good with animal handling and like all these other things that they're like, hey, he's going to be this. So he's got an affinity. So yeah, good. he's just like the baby Yoda to the Mandalorian. He's just strapped to the front of like this barbarian's chest and like they get into this battle and he's like, all right, you see that squirrel? Go, 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 go. You know, <laughs> as the as the kid gets older, he's going from like squirrels to lizards to like little dragons to like bears, exactly. you know, like, that's the idea right is that like he catches him and as he kind of becomes better more proficient at what he does he gets better so he's able to summon better animals so like at first yeah it might be like let's say we give a squirrel some electric powers and then <laughs> you huh. know like you know like low level not doing a lot of damage but it's enough to be a nuisance you know like where it's like i'm just okay. trying to get to fucking pallet town <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Old time. I just want to get to Viridian City. A stupid goddamn tall grass. <laughs> and who's this um, Brock guy? <laughs> that would be kind of sick. Like the concept of you could do a Pokemon S style campaign. Um the the character like or the the animal creation would be like the fun part as a DM. Where it's just like you could go through yeah. before every session and do like four or five just, just random ass. Like, here's an eight-legged monkey that, you know, shoots poo out of his palms. And it's just like this, you know, it, you could do anything. The, the possibilities are endless in, like, a a collector campaign where you're just running around just trying yeah. to collect and, and gain the world. I mean, you just go off, just go off the Monster it, Manual. It, truly, yeah. Like, you're like, okay, the first animal that you got is a little tiny Aarakocra, and then they're just like... Okay, well, he doesn't really attack much, but he has weird speech patterns and he mimics people, so that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that's oh, actually a good a idea. But, I'm not mad at that actually. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to work on the name. You don't like Nash Gotcha? I mean, I'm not gonna just I'm blatantly Nash. tell you I don't I'm, like it, but we could work on it. I'm Nash Gotcha. I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna collect them all. God damn, it actually works. I, you know, right? what am I supposed to say here? <laughs> it works. <laughs> oh, man, it's so stupid. 
Well, we're gonna have to look at this because I I'm currently in a in the middle of a campaign um as the running DM. And we're doing new stuff right now, so I'm kind of in the midst of trying to figure out where our campaign is gonna go and what's next for my adventurers. Um, if they don't all just die. They're they're really keen on putting themselves in situation for death. But I'm kind of curious on like, now I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go next, you know, mm-hmm. and w- beautiful thing about D and D is the worlds are endless. You know, for me, I'm a big fan of high fantasy. I like the elves and orcs and stuff like that, but you could do a sort of Pokemon esque. Yeah. Where it's like, we just put them in a battle arena. Every one of them get like a go out into a field, like a dog park and catch a, catch a dungeon mon. Yeah. They have to compete in a battle of, or a tournament, and they're like, uh, go out to these this forest where uh, creatures roam freely and, and find one and capture one and then battle it against. And if you take top prize, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. That could be interesting. I'm not mad yeah. at it. I don't know. The guy, the, <laughs> it'd be funny to see what the guys would get, though. Like, cause sometimes they make some choices that are like, I mean, it's a choice, not the right one, but or a wrong one. I mean, there's yeah. no right or wrong. It's just hate. <laughs> one thing I preach about D&D is like, as long as you're having fun, you can't play the game wrong. Right. You know, even yeah, though what yeah, they're, they're doing, not in mine or their best interest, but we'll figure it out. It, it just <laughs> do, do your worst, I guess. I'm not trying to murder you, but I'm going to murder you. Like <laughs> your guys' decisions are leading to murder. <laughs> And it's all their fault because it's like, hey, I didn't, I didn't want to nerf all you guys, but you made the poor choices. Why yeah. is the cleric up front? <laughs> yeah, some some of the things that they're doing, and and I'm sure we'll talk about D and D here soon. Actually, I I know that's kind of close in the future, um, especially with me being in the middle of a campaign. This is the first time I've ever DM'd, really, um, and this is the first time all these guys have played. So we're learning as we go along, and and it, it's fun. It's fun, I will say. I'm ready to play, though. You know, DMing is fun, and it's getting more fun the more that I do it as I start to learn how I like to build worlds um, and what I would yeah. want. Uh, but I want to play. You know, I want to I fucking play. I want to swing around a morning star of Xbox Duke controllers. <laughs> yeah, no. I want to be a nerdling. A nerdling? It's a new character. He's just... I carry around a keyboard and I throw mice at people. Shim, shim, shim. He has a power glove that <laughs> the glove of Nintendo power. <laughs> um Well Scroll of Invincibility, aka Nintendo Power Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, I hold I hold up my one remaining blockbuster membership card. <laughs> exactly. I shall never die. <laughs> Bobby Bird, Bobby Bird. It's a cheat code that you think works in the yeah, life, but really just great. It's like, why is this asshole screaming this? It's not even a real bird. <laughs> well, I think as we move this train of awesomeness along, it is about time for us to get to our nostalgia of the week. And nope, this baby. week, you actually brought stuff to the table. Um, let's let's yeah. fill them in. <laughs> Yeah, like I said earlier, like I spent a lot of time this week watching uh, the Mighty Ducks, and I'm gonna just do a quick run through. 
of the various movies and even the television show just so that way we can get through it and then we'll jump on the bandwagon we can talk about scenes and, and why it hit so hard for us for myself and probably for you as well i would suspect um as a sports the, player my, yep yeah uh came the original movie came out in 1990 herrick uh who directed critters and uh go back you cut out a little bit right there we lost you at 1992 uh okay. it's only an hour and 44 minutes so super enjoyable right in that perfect time for a movie uh directed by Stephen herrick who uh directed critters bill and ted's excellent adventure don't tell mom's babysitter dead the live action 101 dalmatians remake uh written by written by Stephen brill who actually wrote all three of the movies as well as the new series that's coming out which is kind of the main reason why we're talking about this there's a new series coming out which we'll touch on uh, he basically wrote those. He wrote Heavyweights, Ready to Rumble, and Adam Sandler's best movie, Little Nicky. He, um, Mr. Every- Deeds, Without a Paddle, Drillbit Taylor. Yeah. Damn. And plus, this guy's, an actor. this guy's an actor as well. He was in all three of the movies playing his different things. He was the lawyer who went against Gordon Bombay in the first one. Uh, he was a celebrity in number two, and he was an arcade attendant in number three. Uh, huh. The score which I think is primo to talk about because a big part of these films when going back and watching is that these scores are so of that 90s nostalgia era that they're uplifting and they help kind of help with the whimsy of the story or the emotional parts. Like it really, the score really drives it. And this one was done by uh, David Newman. Um, as I said before, Emilio Estevez stars as Gordon Ramsay or Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Can't you fucking read? <laughs> Gordon Bombay, which fun fact about that is they came up with the name using two brands of gin, which is fun because yep. he's an he's an alcoholic, so it works. Um, so yeah, he's an alcoholic lawyer who you know trying to run for, kind of it feels like he's running from his past, gets in trouble, gets a DUI, and so basically he's not let go from his firm, but he's basically like you have to do community service, so he gets assigned to this. Uh, peewee hockey league called district five which district is a lame five and he meets all these kids and it's like a who's who of 90s kids like actors joshua jackson cool. man i just like that yeah. dude as an actor in general old new he, does not matter he's just solid um that's kind of the main guy and then you got uh eldon who later becomes foggy in the daredevil series okay uh full screen. yeah so there's a lot of Big names. Uh, he goes on, you know, he helps the team find themselves. He he brings in his firm, who's Ducksworth Law Lawyers. So they're like, how about the Ducks? We call ourselves the Duck after your thing. That was kind of his thing. And then the whole spiel about like, oh, Ducks stick together and then all that stuff. And at first they're all like, ah, oh, it's a lame name. But he's like, oh, you'll see. And then they help bond. It's great. Great. Uh, and he goes against his own coach who he was on the Hawks and he missed uh, what could have been a game winning um, goal, but he missed it. So that's traumatizing to him. And so he has to go against his old coach. And at first he's kind of intimidated and they lose. And uh, yeah, so they go on and they eventually win. That's number one movie. And one. Then, yes. Number two at the end of number one, Gordon Bombay goes to play in the minor leagues and he's semi-successful until an injury to his knee takes him out. Oh, curses. 
Yeah, it always happens like this, right? Right. I mean, I guess so a better he, a knee injury than a DUI. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's down on his luck again because uh, the minor leagues didn't work out. So it's like, what am I going to do? And he's, you know, helping Hans and Hans and Johns or whatever his name is, his brother. Yeah. Uh, at the old skate shop he used to work at. And he's like, oh, you can't do this. So this guy with Hendrix, Tibbles, comes in with Hendrix Sports Equipment and says, hey, we like you. We want you to be coach of the Junior Goodwill, Goodwill Games. And you can choose your team. So he's like, oh, I know the perfect kids. So, of course, he grabs his lucky uh duck call and hands it and goes finds uh 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 uh, joshua jackson's character and says go get them and so he brings the ducks back together and says hey we're not just playing peewee here this is this is for national pride this is this is it yeah so they're playing for team usa in this movie totally it it might as well be a junior olympics team with basically the rights to save the olympics (laughs) exactly so it's fun movie. They get a bunch of the old cast together, and then they get some new faces from across uh, the country. Really Keenan fun is in this one. Um, Keenan's in it, and then we get yeah. introduced to Bash Brothers. Yep, great. Uh, this one came out in 1994. This one's at an hour and 46 minutes, still in that perfect time for a movie. Uh, this one's directed by Sam Wiseman, who is mostly just the TV director, um, but still does a really good job. Continues kind of the and again, this one's uh, written by Stephen uh, Brillman. As before, he wrote all three of these. So that same spirit of it is still there, carrying throughout through this movie. And I almost think this is a better a better movie. Like the first one's a good foundation. This one builds on it, makes a better movie. I think the second one is is probably my favorite of the three. I think you're my, right on that. Yeah. Uh, scores done by a guy named J.A.C. Redfield. Uh, score's fantastic. Yeah. That's I have all. no idea who that yeah. guy is, but he did a great job. Great job. Amelia Estevez returns, reprises his role, Gordon Bombay. We get to see the rise and fall. He becomes an asshole and reverts to his old ways. And then he realizes, oh, wait, I got to put the fun back in the game. And again, they go up against, but this time they're playing against Iceland. Ooh, watch out. They're going against Vikings. Oh, we couldn't do Russia, right? <laughs> nope. Can't do Russia. At the time, we were okay with them. Okay. <laughs> so Iceland it is and oh man they're tough but eventually they all band together they were learn to work as a team to live to love to laugh together together and they're, able, they're <laughs> able to overcome and so they do it they win yeah woo and that leads us into D3 the Mighty Ducks which is the third film obviously D3 makes sense uh, came out in 1996. Uh, this one's at that running time of one hour, 44 minutes. Uh, this one's directed by Robert Lieberman. S- follows in the same vein as everything else. But this one, uh, basically Gordon Bombay kind of uses his ties to the school called Eden Hall to get them a scholarship so they can get an education. And it's like a prestigious high school. And the big thing in this one is it's varsity versus junior varsity. They're the junior varsity guys being the freshmen. Um, not quite as solid as the second one. It has a lot of the same kind of hits, the same kind of fun of it. All the points fan is still a great film. Not as strong as number two, but what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the third one. I mean, it's, it's good in its own right. And it was a major movie when we were growing up. Um, I don't want to take that away from it, but it, as far as memorability, 
I I just yeah. don't I usually don't watch the trilogy. You know, I'm watching the first and the yeah. second one and if the third one if I'm going to sleep one day I might throw it on, but it's not a memorable <laughs> movie in that same way that the first and second one was. Yeah. Uh and then along with the release of D3 they also released a, a animated series which doesn't have much to do with uh the with movies. it but it is just a fun it, it it's they're aliens, it's, right? It's a fun little series. Yeah, they're basically an alien uh, race of ducks that comes from a world called Puck World where hockey is life. Uh, and they're going against the Draconis, who are this dragon race who's trying to destroy them. And it only lasted for 26 episodes, one season worth of it. I just remember having the toys, which were, I mean, they were cool when I was a kid. But I just want to kind of, for for anyone that hasn't seen it, I just want to, I want to run through the names real fast, if you don't mind. Because of the, the character? Yeah, the character names for the animated series. Can you remember any of them? Uh, let's see. There is uh, Mallory. There is Wild Wing. Yep. There is, oh, I, I think there's like a Drake, right? Uh, no. And there's, then there's Wynn or or queen or something like that i've got i don't know i'm trying i'm pulling but uh, not you're, quite. you're still pretty good so there's wild wing flash blade there is nosedive flash blade there's duke la orange mallory mm, mcmallard fucking mallory mcmallard <laughs> okay bodie mcboatface um Basically. tanya vanderflock <laughs> check grin hardwing and canard thunderbeak those are some names. The voice cast, it has to be said, the voice cast for this show is ridiculous. It is a who's who of like voice talent. Brad Garrett plays a character in it. Jim Cummings is in it. Like it's ridiculous the the voices, the voice talent that they have on that series. Uh Tim Curry, he plays the lead um villain in it. Huh. Um yeah. Jennifer Hale plays Mallory McMallard and is voiced <laughs> in Boulder's Gate, Mass Effect, Metal Gear Solid, Bioshock Infinite, Metroid Prime, Overwatch, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yo, yeah. your girl got some stuff. Yeah, Steve McCall, um, Ian Ziering, which I Ian know the Ziering. face, not the name. Uh, 90210, maybe? Oh, yeah, I maybe. That's the that, one. Yeah, or uh, what was the other what, one? What, one of those. Uh, what was the one with Place? Uh, Oh, Melrose, Melrose Place? Place? Yeah. I don't know. He's Ian Zeering. He's also in Sharknado. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jim Belushi, uh, Clancy Brown, which anybody who knows that, he's he was in Highlander. He's the one who killed Sean Connery, which is awesome. I mean, not really, but you know. <laughs> and Frank Welker, uh, Charlie Adler. Like, it's like a who's who. David, David Hyde Pierce is in it. Like, Rob Paulson. Like, of that time of '90s animation, these some of these voices were like mainstays, where they would be on every other show. <laughs> Pretty damn great, but yeah, that's the Mighty Ducks. Uh, those toys were huge. Mattel produced them, and McDonald's had a series of them where they look like they were riding in pucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I remember those. Those are sweet ass toys, but. I bought into the Mighty Ducks hard, man. That was right. 92. I was 10 years old. 
super into rollerblading. So it was super right down my alley to the point where I was like, I need a hockey stick and pucks. And, you know, so I bought into this so hard. Like, ah. Um, I just want to throw it out there because I want to shout out another podcast. I've never listened to it, but they do have a podcast um, dedicated to the trilogy called The Quack Attack. It has over 200 episodes on it right now. Holy. Yo. Shout out to The Quack Attack. Um, That's wild. That's crazy. Could you imagine trying to do, like, I mean, you got three movies, plus if you want to do the animated series, plus you've got The Game Changers, which is coming out. You know, that on uh, Disney Plus here in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Like, you is that one of those ones where they're going like they'll they'll do like one minute and like, okay, what we saw in this minute is when Fulton Reed was shooting pucks at the suitcase, but he kept missing. So, what do you think that means? And let's talk yeah. about that for like an hour. I, I'd imagine like that's exactly what it is is they're just kind of going through frame by frame and interpreting the movie in their own ways and all the ways that could have been interpreted or interpreted by the writer, you know, that is just, I I imagine look with 200 episodes, it's gotta be semi entertaining. And like, am I going to go through 200 episodes of this podcast? No. Am I going to go listen to a couple episodes? Probably. <laughs> See, I will say, and we'll we'll kind of talk about it, and we'll lead lead this into into your behalf. Um, these were great movies when I was growing up. Um, where I'm from, there is no hockey. Like we did not have hockey teams. There's no club hockey in school. There's not a professional hockey team anywhere close to me. Um, and in my entire life, growing up where I grew up, I saw one live hockey game until I moved to Colorado. And realize that hockey here is a big thing, you know, same thing with lacrosse. So growing up with the Mighty Ducks, for me, I was a baseball kid. So I was watching Angels in the Outfield and, you know, The Rookie and Major League and all these other movies. But the Mighty Ducks was just kind of something that came through because it was just a good movie. Same thing with like uh, something like The Big Green, you know, the soccer movie. Mm. Soccer didn't play a big part, but because... Sports movies as a whole just get you excited, you know? Like, for me, yeah. it, it was inner-city kids banding together, which I was. You know, I played on inner-city all-star teams and tried to make a name for our inner city as we played all these rich, you know, entitled yeah. little assholes. And it was just like, yo, this is what ghetto plays like. So it was a real cool thing <laughs> for us because that's kind of what the Mighty Ducks was. You know, these guys were just inner city kids that didn't know any better and were just pieces of shit with bad equipment. And they can turn it around and become, uh, you know, a team that wins championships. You know, but for me, it wasn't a movie like if you put it up on a line of sports movies, the Mighty Ducks was never going to be on top of the list for me to choose out. So this is why it's kind of cool for me to hear that it was kind of that way for you, you know, because I grew up like knee deep into fucking sports, but hockey was not one of them. And you grew up here where hockey was a big yeah. thing. I mean, that's the fortunate thing of Colorado is that every major sport is represented by a team. So whether you're a hockey fan or a lacrosse fan, hell, at one point we had indoor arena football, you know, yeah. with Denver Dynamite and stuff. So it's like growing up in that and having you know, a dad and a brother who were super into sports. So by proxy, I was super into sports. So it was like, how could you not be into 
all the sports that films that came out, especially yeah. during the nineties, because they were all those like an underdog story of these misfits who are losers. By all accounts, they're just losers. They're not winning a single game. They're, nobody counts them to be winning anything. And then guess what? The coach or a certain player is able to bring them together and just be like, "Holy crap, we did it!" Like we we yeah. we somehow won the big game. We beat the big team, the Hawks or the you know whoever it might be. So. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, again, I don't want to sell them short because they shouldn't be. They're amazing movies. But as far as a sports movie that that played a big part of my childhood, it only played a big part of my childhood because it was one of the best fucking kids movies to come out in those times. You look forward to Mighty Ducks, but it was one of those things that because it wasn't my sport of choice and I didn't have that hometown connection with it, it was never in the top of the list of sports movies to be chosen. It never got turned off if it was on. But it also was not yeah. on the top of the list of ones that I was choosing out. Sure. So I'm curious. No, that makes I, sense. It's, I haven't uh, heard anything on the new one. Um, I saw the trailer, and Emilio comes yeah, back. Yeah, it's, it's Emilio comes back. Lauren Graham's kind of the other big star that's in it. And it's basically, from what I can gleam off of just the short little trailer they have out there, uh, looks like now the Ducks are now the local team to beat. They're, they're what the Hawks were back in the thing. And so, like... This kid doesn't make it onto that onto the duck. So he's like, well, why don't we create our own hockey team? And so they go this old rinky dink hockey rink, and Emilio Estevez happens to be the guy who's running it. So I think it's just going to be huh. building from that. And it's a whole series, it's not a movie. So, you know, it'll probably take what 10 episodes to kind of tell the story. I hope Joshua Jackson's the coach of the ducks. I really hope that they do something like that where they bring back some of the older uh, uh, characters, whether they're just, oh, that's my kid, or you know, something, it doesn't matter what, and just be like, oh, yeah, I remember those days, kind of thing. It'd yeah, be cool. and if Disney's doing one thing right right now, they're definitely playing a heavy hand on our nostalgia hearts, you know, mm -hmm. and why not bring something like the Mighty Ducks back, especially if Emilio wants to be a part of it, and even if he's just in it for a short amount of time and he makes a cameo like Stan Lee, you know, it still brings people like you and I in. Because it's a movie that we grew up with and, you know, for the most part, I'm I'm not a person that has kids right now, but a lot of people my age and that grew up in my childhood or your childhood have children. And it's a great introduction not only to that style of, of movie or in this case a show, but to be able to go back and be like, hey, you like this? This is where it comes from and be able to show them the 92 and the 96, you know, and it's like these are what was big when we were a kid. Absolutely. I think if anything, it'd be a nice little like it seems like it'll be a nice continuation of Gordon Bombay's story, because that's kind of who we're following through all of this is his kind of like ups and downs and tribulations in this. And now why is he not the coach of the Ducks anymore? Why isn't he the high profile guy? So it'd be interesting to see where why where why he is where he's at kind of thing. So. Yeah, but. yeah, I'm kind of curious. I mean, like I said, the fact that they bring back Emilio and and for anybody that hasn't watched the trailer, go back and watch it. It'll really age you out. Um, yeah, because he was young in those movies, you know, and that that was almost 30 years ago for the first one. Like we're almost at the 30th yeah. anniversary, which is insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, but I I'll be really excited to see how those turn out. You know, like you said, they're just such iconic sports movies growing up and and you know what turned into uh sayings that many a hockey peewee hockey teams 
you know, the same way that that football teams did the remember the Titans clap when they mm-hmm. came out onto the field and stuff. And yeah. it's such an iconic series that I just hope and Disney's been pretty good about not not messing stuff up. So we can only hope, right? They're super careful about people's childhoods or at least you know, their nostalgia stuff. They know how to like tap into it and pay homage to the old stuff, but also bring us something new that's worthwhile and not just like, oh, you're rehashing the same bits. Come on, get over it. Because even those three movies, like they basically are very like formulaic in the way they're done, but each one does everything so differently in a way that it's entertaining and they're all their own separate movie. Yeah. I mean, you can pretty much guess what's going to happen at the end of the movie, but the way that they yeah. progress the story still makes it makes it interesting. And each one of the movies, I mean, from the first, second, and third, being practically the same story, but in such different ways, the fact that you could do three of them that same way and still have each one of them have, you know, replayability in a sense, where we could come back and watch this one later again, even though I know exactly what the hell is going to happen here true yeah uh so yeah we'll we'll see what happens with the game changer it's supposed to come out early march and um yeah i'm super excited for it i mean there were so many like like cake eaters that was one of those things that as we were watching it uh jesse one of the kids in the movie kept calling the the kid who comes from the hawks team keeps calling him cake eater i'm like why is he calling him cake eater so we did a little research into it and evidently there's a town in minnesota called adina and basically, it's like a suburb where a lot of rich folks live. So it's basically a way to cut down the rich. Uh, it's basically like they're so rich they can have their cake and eat and it the, too sort of thing. Okay. So they call them cake eaters. So it's a super like that is such an in like like you have to be from Minnesota or at least be that deep into that area to yeah. be like, yeah, we're going to pull that insult and put it into our movie where it's like kids who are in Colorado have no idea what you're saying, but cake eater sounds like a good insult. But then you think about it and like, wait, no, I like cake and I will eat it. Yeah. Like- <laughs> that is, that is interesting. I've never heard that. And that's like such a cool throwback. Like you said, to especially anyone from that part of Minnesota where the movie's kind of based out of um, yeah. for them to be like, Oh shit. Like I know what he's saying and the rest of the country having no idea. You know, that's it's such a cool thing. So let me ask you this out of the three movies, which one, which one are you, you, if you had to, if you had to kill the other two, which one are you taking with you? If a fire is burning, it's definitely D2. And the big reason why, like the first one had a little bit of it, but the second one really had a lot of it is there's a scene where just for shits and giggles, they're uh, skating through the mall of America. And for me as a skater back in the day, that was everything. I was like, I want to inline skate through my local mall. That would be sick, actually. Right? And the Mall of America is a city. It's, so it's, yeah. It'd so. take you three hours to skate through it anyway. I, exactly. I would have to agree with you. Um, the second one was like, especially because like you're pulling on the people from like the Team USA hockey team, the Miracle on Ice and everything. And, and the fact that these kids, and I love the fact like Keenan's character in that movie, all he does is talk shit. And eventually oh, their shit, shit talking talk. leads them to being part of the team and pretty much saving yeah. the team because they're still having fun playing, you know, roller hockey in the street, yelling car when people come by. Whereas, you know, at this point, the ducks <laughs> have become such a prestigious thing 
that they're used to all this high end and it's really a job more than yeah. it is a game. You know, and these kids are yeah. talking shit about Team USA, knowing damn well that they can beat them because they're at this point natural skill. You know, they're not doing yeah. the, you know, just fundamental straight work. You know, they're still out yeah. there fucking slinging knuckle pucks. <laughs> the knuckle puck. Oh, it's hard to be accurate, but it drives the goalies wild. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Each new character they kind of introduce, like each woman has a specialty. Like Cat is a really good goalie. Like she, for whatever reason, they keep Goldberg in, but like she's way better than he yeah. is. And then they've got the other guy who's just basically an enforcer. They've got the cowboy who's really good with the puck handling skills, and he really legitly is. And then you got Mendoza who's so fast, but he can't stop. Can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. We get the Bash Brothers in it, which I love those two pairing because they totally and you know it's funny now because like the music they play back then was probably super like rocking and stuff. But you listen to it now and you're like, oh, that's like soft rock they play on cozy. Yeah, like, they just played like, Nickelback as their entry. Exactly. Look at this <laughs> photograph. I'm about to smash some people's faces. Totally rock it out. Like they're listening to like Lamb of God or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty much Lord of the Rings metal band. But yeah, looking back, yeah. it's more like cool in the gang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's such a good time because it is such a throwback because the music they choose and all that is super like of that time. And the story is very much there and the styles are very much of that time. But like in general, it's still super enjoyable because if you look past like those small things, it's so enjoyable. Underdog story, you know, like everything about it is great. It, no matter what movie you're watching, it all covers it. All right. So I don't want to bring back the retro Nomopod rating system yet, but I'm going to make you rate them. Oh, D1 out of five. Uh, D1 is a solid four uh, uh, pucks out of five. Okay. <laughs> D2. D2 is a solid five out of five. Uh, Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> And D3. D3 is definitely a solid. I would give it a. Oh like a 3.5. 3.75. Three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, 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 inline skating through a mall. <laughs> yeah. <out of> <laughs> they, they are very good movies. And I don't want that. This is why the rating system did not work. We did the Cheeto fingers for like the first two episodes. And I was like, we're just going to choose too good of stuff. Like we can't rate this. Um uh, <laughs> I want to rate some stuff here and there, but I think we have to do the rating system out of 10. I think it's just better, and it gives more of a respect towards whatever we're rating. Plus, if you get like a four, you know, we're shitting on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, That'd be interesting to watch something that we don't like. Like, you know, we talked about with Godzilla and King Kong coming out, possibly doing like a watch party. That might be one that we might have to be like, okay, let's do a rating system for that and see how it goes if we're able to. I don't know how that logistically even how to do that, but yes, <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up because the watch party would be cool. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, all three of the movies are great. The, the animated series is actually pretty good. Um, yeah. considering it's really has nothing to do with the movies itself. Um, but I suggest even me, you know, as I sat here not being super high, 
on it. I just want everyone to know that I love these movies growing up. They just were not on the top of my pyramid pile for the athletics that I played. Um, but they are good watches. Assumably all of them are on Disney plus right now too, right? Yeah. 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 The whole, the, the cartoon series, the, the cartoons the new on series, there? The, the cartoon series is on there as well. Like Motherf- we've seriously binged through it all. We watched a couple of episodes of the animated series and, and, uh, we're going to watch the game changers as soon as it comes out too. Cause do you know man, the release of that one? It's like March 16th, I believe. Okay. So it's, it's relatively close. Yeah. Like within a, the month or so. Huh. Or so. Interesting. Well, yeah. On that note, got anything else you want to fill in a sin on uh, your quack attack? Uh, just um, quack, 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 quack. And on that note, we just want to thank you guys for joining this week's episode of the Retro Namapod. Uh, as always, you can find me on Instagram at RetroNamapod. DM me there. You can also find me on the Facebook page. Uh, like and join that. Uh, Facebook.com slash RetroNamapod. And I also stream on Twitch if I do get the time for it at Twitch.tv slash TobyTobe. Yeah, and you can get me on most socials under uh, Serial Kilter. Uh, like Toby said, Facebook is the best place to kind of get caught up on any news that we might have or just fun little memes that we share or possible upcoming hopefully maybe upcoming watch parties watch parties <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i but, mean like we said before and you know rick and i kind of alluded this at the beginning of the year um we've got a lot of stuff we're planning kind of for the podcast uh, the podcast um as far as growing content throughout a lot of things, whether it be video games or music or movies or books. Um, and if you guys have suggestions, you know, like we said before, go go join the Facebook page, DM us on anything. Um, you can also email us at retronomiconpodcast at gmail.com. Um, for any suggestions, uh, as always, if you guys like what you hear, throw us a five-star rating on iTunes, leave a comment, it'll get read on the pod. Um, and other than that, I think it's about time for you to lead us out of here, sir. Yes, the way we always do with the weird question of the week. And this one is apropos of nothing. What do you say to the press when your podcast co-host turns out to be a serial killer? Mm. I don't know who you're talking about, but if I come up missing, you guys don't see me on social media. Just know it was him. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Retro Novel Pod. We will catch you guys next week. Good night. Oh shit, he's got a knife!